In a world where knowledge is power, listen to industry-leading experts discuss the future of digital currency. Welcome to the Crypto Untangled podcast. Learn the ins and outs of cryptocurrency and blockchain and take your wealth to the next level. Now, here is your host, Dr. Budib. joining me today i would like to welcome you to this third episode of crypto untangled podcast i would like just to say two words about you your name is Rain Mahtab. you are a digital artist and photographer based in dubai welcome to this episode hopefully we'll get to know a bit more about you about your artwork why are you in dubai and how or what attracted you to the nft market let's start by getting to know a little bit about you and your background what can you tell us Awesome. Thank you for having me, Peter. This is an absolute pleasure. Um, well, I, my name is Rahim Atam. As you mentioned, I actually started my career as a forensic scientist. Uh, just like you, I was in the field of science, and I did that for a couple of years until it got too dark for me, And because uh, I used to partially kind of work in the morgue, and um, it's just like I feel like you need to have like a mental a whole mental sense to kind of do something like that on a daily basis and stuff. And I used to see like, just like dead people every day. And like, it started affecting me mentally. Yeah. And what I would do is to kind of like detoxify myself is I'll go to my desk and I would look at through uh, magazines of like colorful images and that would kind of help me cope up with it and stuff. And eventually I started to pick my camera and I would just like go out and like click pictures of photographs of, of flowers and, buildings or whatever I saw like I was like that crazy person taking pictures of everything and then I started to build an interest in photography and then a couple of years later I was working a different job I was working as a scientist in the perfume lab but I was doing photography on the side I started doing some freelance gigs and a couple of years later I was like you know what it's time to call it quits and so I decided to quit my science career and embarked on my journey of being an artist a little bit bold but Hopefully one day. <laughs> it's a bit tough. So tell us a bit more on how do you do what you do and what inspires you. So basically, I saw a couple of NFTs that you posted. They are a bit surrealistic, but still it has a lot of emotion inside. What inspires you to make those NFTs and the ideas behind? Uh, love it. I love this question because... So I come from like with a strong background of because uh, this is what I do for a living as well of my photography and filmmaking. I do a lot of I believe a lot in storytelling. I feel like as photographers or filmmakers or artists, I think we get so caught up in the technicalities and the aesthetics of it that we forget the storytelling aspect of it. So for me, having that emotion being evoked in terms of uh, the image is very important. Like I want anyone who looks at my work to feel something like whether you're able to buy it or not, whether you're interested in buying it or not, it's a different thing, but I want everyone to look at my NFT and be moved and stuff. Uh, the surreal just comes with that. I, I, I just like looking at the world from a different point of view. I feel like there's, um, I'm, I'm someone who believes in expressing and communicating emotions. I believe all our extreme emotions are great, whether it's fear anxiety happiness love and i feel like we should embrace and feel all of them and i try my best to kind of portray that i'm a huge 
um, color science person. I love understanding color and how it resonates with human emotions and how we storytell with that. Uh, so yeah, I feel like those three things are my biggest thing, but I love doing these wide shots of storytelling because I love storytelling. I feel like, I feel like the idea of, you know, when you watch a movie and you're sitting there in the theater and crying or like laughing, I think it's such a beautiful experience that we are able to create this fake world, but make you feel real emotions. And that's what I want to do with my NFT. Kind of connect you to whatever story or environment they are trying to tell or to describe or something like that. So you told us you've been a forensic scientist, moved to photography, and after photography, you started doing your artwork, digital artwork. So how That's did true. you develop this career so far? How was it developed? Hmm. Well, I would say like one of the things that has helped me develop my career is, um, I would say my social skills. I'm a very extroverted and social person. So I always feel like meeting new people, hearing new stories. And I feel like I'm, I'm someone who doesn't get like satisfied with themselves easily. So I feel like sometimes there are things that you don't know, you don't know. And you only know that when you like speak to people or like listen to their stories. And I feel like a lot of the stories that I make today, a lot of the art I make today is kind of comes from um, just like knowing people or like how they feel and how we can kind of express that in uh, visual arts and stuff because like you're a person of science as well so one of the things that they always say that like we cannot get into like like in each other's consciousness and stuff like you looking at a red apple might not be the red apple I'm looking at in my head and stuff it could be green in my head but there's no way to find out if it's green in my head maybe I'm calling it red and I feel like because of art I feel like that is the only way we kind of express it for everyone to see what's going on in my head and stuff I think it's a beautiful thing so that kind of just like got me to start doing so super in your artwork there are definitely multiple stories but there should be some sort of let's say one or two key points that drives you most of the time so what kind of story or words or aim does your work target or is trying to say in your nft so i saw for instance the the flying balloon in the space i saw the astronaut mother astronaut birthday thing it's so touchy uh, there is also, I don't know if it's an astronaut, it's a robot coming from the future, one of yes. your latest artwork. I, yes, yes, yes. So what's the key factor, the common factor between all of them that you are trying to say with those pieces? All right. Uh, I would say one of my, one of my major successes, I would, one of my major contributions to my successes and whatever I've done in my life is I would say the love and support I had from family and friends. I literally like owe my life to them, especially my friends. Like I could not imagine my life without them and stuff. So I have this element uh, in most of my NFTs where it's about um, like parents or like, you know, like uh, there's an element of love. Even the, the feature, as, uh, the, he's called a cybernaut. So he's like a, I've given him like a mixture of like a future, but like also an astronaut. So it's like a cybernaut and stuff. And I've kind of planned to build it in a story where I do multiple artworks with him, but he's basically someone traveling through space and time. He's from the future coming back in time to save mankind. So I'm like so much about like love and like care and like looking after each other and just like giving us hope and stuff. So that's, that's I think that is one of my key things that makes me make what I do and my main theme in most of my artwork. So uh, what do you like and what do you dislike about your work? Oh, okay. Uh, what do I dislike? I think I'm a very big perfectionist. 
uh, I think a lot of artists are, and that is true. However, I think mine is a little bit more heightened because I come from a background where I think two careers, whether we're forensic scientists and doctors, are told that you cannot make mistakes. Everyone in life says you can make mistakes, but you two people cannot make mistakes. So I feel like sometimes my perfectionism gets the best of me, but it is something that I am I constantly work on, and I think it's something I will be working on throughout my life. And I think it's a process. It's a fun process. Uh, so I would say that is one thing that I dislike about the way I do my work. One thing I really like is I am I'm obsessed with color science. Um, I feel like I feel like even if even if there are like a harmony of colors that I see that I will be able to feel an emotion or express an emotion and stuff. So color is super important to me. Even when I was doing photography, unpopular opinion, I'm not a big fan of black and white images and stuff. I feel like they had like a time and place. Uh, I just can't. Like I know it's amazing. I know people who do that art is amazing and stuff. But for me, like the the color aspect of it, how you can make in cinema, how you can make the same movie look like it's it's a sci-fi movie or it's a horror movie or it's like a high key lighting like a comedy movie and stuff. It's like so much about the color to me and stuff. So I would say my favorite thing is my technical knowledge when it comes to color. That's true. Let me comment a little bit on this one. I am also a photographer and uh, camera collector as well. But awesome. I tend to like, so I know that, for instance, when you shoot a film, you cannot replicate the colors. It's quite original. It's quite strong. Like it has the feeling, the atmosphere, the, the ambience all together in a film. Every film has its own unique sensation. But I, for me, I, I know that color is super strong and it has the, the, how to say, the impact on the image or on the story or the, but I prefer personally black and white. I see that you can express yourself, you can tell your story by the simplicity of the picture, you know, like sometimes the minimalist, a simple line can make you wonder for, for an hour in front of a picture, trying to understand what did he have in his mind trying to do it or capture a single moment of somebody, you know, like in life, for me, pictures, imaging are something so special in my life and something that I was always interested in. I did not take this bold move as you did to move from forensic to art completely, but God knows what happens tomorrow. So no, I, see, I love that. See, the, the, I, love, I love what you said because at the core of it, um, even though this is going to sound a bit contrary to what I just said about my uh, interest in color and stuff, at the core of it, this, this comes back to the way that storytelling is the biggest aspect of you doing any art form and stuff, whether you're shooting black and white. And I feel like whether it's a minimalist, comp I think it's so much about the composition and the story that you're telling, that the colors and all these technical aspects of whether what gear you're using or the thing, they all matter and they all play, add a different element to it, but they all are secondary and stuff. Storytelling on top. That's glad to hear that we share at least the fundamental of it. I saw recently this emergence of this purplish pink, this kind of colors that are coming or dominating most of the new artworks. What can you tell us why those colors, for instance, what makes them special that they are almost everywhere? Mm, uh, very interesting. I, I feel like there are certain colors that have an element of, of transition where we've gone from to what we are going to. I feel like a lot of for example, a lot of the film photos back in the day had like that that warm green touch and stuff. So they're mm -hmm. always kind of associated with like vintage photographs and stuff. You had your sure. like this. And I feel like when you 
and you're going so your magenta is like literally like the opposite color on the color uh yeah, wheel for green yeah. and stuff and that's why it's considered like a color of the future like even you see okay. these cyberpunk tones they're always that cyan and pink and magenta and stuff and everything so i think it's just like a kind of a i feel unique perspective of people trying to show off how whether times have changed whether whether the artwork that they're doing is kind of future based and I, yeah i think like time and culture kind of changes art so much that we don't realize in the grand scheme of things and stuff like they say that about music as well that back in the days when world war was happening that people felt that a lot of the classical music that was being formed was very calm to what was happening in the world so they say the kind of the birth of like different genres of music came from that time because like they started playing faster notes and like more heavier classical notes and stuff and everything so i feel like culture and like what's happening right now in the world at any point in time kind of shapes art a lot more than people realize that's nice thank you i did not know why but now <laughs> at least i know so thank you for the information uh yeah, what what do you think what is the role of an artist in a society you know that there are pictures in the let's say 1500 1600 1800 there are like pieces of art that lives forever there are uh, others that are there that for the revolution for instance or describe a revolution or something that impacted or describe a moment in life or maybe motivate people to do something so what do you think in your opinion the role of an artist in a society hmm um i feel like this can branch out in like a couple of different ways uh and stuff this goes back to a point that i was making earlier how your art is basically an expression of whatever it is that you're feeling and i feel like art is one of the only things in life that you're able to do freely in the in the grand system that we live in whether it's your 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 day-to-day job and you go to your school and you go to your university you do all these systems you're part of these systems and stuff and everything where we have to confine to certain rules i'm not i'm not taking a very um extreme stance on being like oh beat the system or like you know like don't do jobs or something like that but i'm saying we are part of the system where we kind of have to follow some rules and regulations when it comes to certain things and stuff however i feel like art is where it it makes people feel liberated because you are free to do whatever you want like when i'm creating surreal art like the colors are all like sometimes they don't even make sense like that's not real and stuff but that's beautiful about it and i feel like when people are able to do these small elements of expression in art whatever art form it is whether it's um dancing painting photography whatever it is it kind of gives even if they are not making something out of it or it's it's not going in a museum or having a big impact and stuff i feel like it kind of pushes you to do the rest of your day to day life in a more stable mindset and stuff and i feel like art kind of expresses what is happening in someone's mind or what's happening in society so it it kind of gives a peek into someone else's world and stuff and i feel like sometimes when you look at photographs that are like from like war countries or like photojournalism and stuff and everything that makes you that puts you in the moment and stuff you're thinking about what the person in the photograph is feeling i also sometimes think what is it the photographer that's going through it and stuff and someone a photojournalist taking a photograph in like extreme conditions i'm like how sure. is he scared or is she scared and stuff so i feel like to me i feel like the the world is split into two people we have like dreamers and achievers and like we need each other and i feel like artists are part of the dreamers aspect of the world who kind of put the achievers to 
achieve what we do, whether it's like flying outer space or like when a kid draws a painting and like he's drawing like planets and um, the solar system and stuff and everything, he, he puts himself in that image and stuff. And I feel like that's what, that's what I think dreamers and achievers, they both need each other to, uh, um, dreamers need achievers to kind of ground them, to tell them how there are certain rules or certain systems that we need to follow in order to kind of work in cohesion. And dreamers are being like, you know what, we need to kind of change the world or change the way we look at things. And that's how we bring about any sort of change in life, whether it's technological, whether it's political, socioeconomic and stuff like that. Very nice. I really enjoy the angle that you look at art from. I don't know much or I don't know many artists and I'm getting slowly into the atmosphere, not as an artist, but as somebody who's talking to artists. And that's new to me and I see it fascinating. So thank you for sharing your point. What was the best piece of advice that somebody gave you that impacted your art or your career or your perspective of drawing or making art? I would say my the best piece of advice someone gave me, and I know this sounds this sounds cliche, but I would say two advices. One is about knowing the balance of working hard and working smart. I feel like that was like super revolutionary to me. I feel like it sounds very cliche, but it has so much importance. I would still say, and I would still say, and uh, maybe this would be a weird thing to say, but the the personal works I've done or the personal works of my art that I absolutely love, I would still say I've put in a lot more effort in them than I've put in any of the commercial work I've ever done for any brand or any company and stuff. And it's not because I'm it's not because I don't have my heart in it and stuff, but it's knowing when to work hard and when to work smart is a very strong aspect of uh, you creating art. And I'm trying to incorporate that in my day-to-day art as well. There was a 3D piece I did recently and um, I recently got into 3D from Photoshop and stuff and I was struggling because like the file sizes were very huge and 3D is a whole different ball game on your computer systems and how long it takes and stuff. And there were certain things that I had to come with terms to it because I was like, like there were these trees in the background that I had, that had like a lot of texture, but they were in the background and had, it had a very shallow depth of field. And logically it made sense for me to bring that texture down because it was just making the file size very high there were like 30 40 trees in the background but that material wasn't important enough to the story and stuff it was in the back it was in the shallow depth of field and knowing that and then I so I was I was struggling I was like I want to keep it this way and it suddenly came to my mind that why am I doing this and stuff and I was like when reducing removing that like increase my workflow wouldn't make everything faster my render times would be faster and I was like you know what this comes back to working smart so I'm trying to incorporate that every single day. And I feel like that um, really helped me. And the second thing is, and again, this is going to sound very cliche, but I would say even when I was learning Photoshop or learning how to edit a lot of my editing things, even when I'm like retouching like portraits and like fashion photographs and stuff, a lot of the techniques that I'm using, I, it, they came from the first time me learning it to use it on like real estate photographs or product photographs and stuff and everything. And I feel like I feel like as cliche as it sounds, just like doing something over and over again in different ways, whatever art form it is, whether it's painting or you're painting on different canvases, you're mixing different colors, different brushes and stuff. Even if you think they are going to work a certain way and stuff, there is an element of you don't know, you don't know. And I feel like just like trying different things is very important. If you're not going to have a cheesecake, you will never know what a cheesecake is and stuff. So make sure you always try things 
to know whether you like it or not. Beautiful. So these were pieces of advice to you. So what would you advise the new guys or the new artists or people that would like to maybe join the NFT market or to break free and start their career as artists? What would you tell them? What is the best piece of advice that Rahim can give them? Awesome. Okay, I would say I would say there are two things that you need to focus on. It is that, and I will talk about the first thing later on, but the first is the art bit and the second thing is your branding bit. I know a lot of artists don't want to or like to brand themselves and not that I'm saying that there is anything wrong with them and stuff. It's just that if the artists feel that it takes time and effort out of that we could be put into creating it and stuff. But unfortunately, that's not how the world works in any shape or form. It doesn't matter how good of an artist or a writer or a painter you are if no one knows about it and stuff. So I feel like knowing knowing how to brand yourself and market yourself is just as crucial as creating your art. So like whatever it is that you're creating, make sure you are thinking long term. A lot of pieces of art that became historic over the years is because because they held some value of storytelling in them. So knowing that you're in the long run, it's it's great to make money in the moment and people have liabilities or whatever that's a whole different topic and stuff but i feel like thinking that thinking of this as like the long term like a lot of artists did not become famous or did not know well known even until they died and stuff and everything so, and it's because people didn't have the means back then to kind of uh, market or brand themselves and i feel like as an artist it would suck for you to only become famous or known or be appreciated for after you pass away and stuff and everything so if you like working on your brand and marketing whether it's through online media whether it's hiring virtual assistants to do that you do look into it it's it's topic that's considered very opposite to art so people think that oh i don't need to do this i'm an artist people will find me sadly it doesn't work that way there's so much noise on the internet there's so much art there's so much amazing art that in order for you to stand out you need to do that um my second thing would be just just to create something that you have your heart and soul in it and stuff it sounds cliche but like creating five because i i've done like a lot of work i used to do content creation for like brands and stuff a lot of times when you're trying to change how you feel just to accommodate to what the world wants or what the market wants and stuff. It's easy to create two pieces, five pieces, 10 pieces. But after that, you get stuck because after that, it becomes a chore to create because it's not something you have your heart into it and stuff. So I feel like create something that you have your heart into it. Think long-term, make sure you feel your art. If you don't feel your art, what are you doing? Like, I feel like I always say this, that art is so much bigger than me and you. And, you know, I always say that in, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to go a little off topic, but in like in the Mexican culture, they always say that you have three deaths in your life. So your first death is when you actually lose the will to live. Your second death is your actual physical death. The third death is when the last person who ever knows you speaks of you or talks about you and stuff. So it could be your children's children's children. After that, like no one knows who you are and stuff. And that's considered the final death. And I hate that. I, I, I think that we all artists should kind of immortalize ourselves. And it's very easy. When I say you immortalize yourself, you don't have to do something crazy. Just put your artwork on the internet. Tomorrow you could die and someone could still find that. So like, remember that like art is bigger than all of us. Like that whatever you create could be down like 100 years later, 200 years later. It could be part of your personal legacy. It could be part of like your, your culture's legacy if that doesn't exist or mankind's legacy. And I feel like 
artist way bigger than all of us so make sure you respect that you make sure other than all the money and stuff it's bringing you make sure you respect of the the hard work and efforts that people have put to kind of push art for all these years we've had this term called the starving artists for decades and it's still a thing because people are doing it out of love and care and the moment you define that art without love and care you kind of defy and demean all those people who done it for years and stuff don't do that put your heart in it and yeah beautiful i saw that during our conversation before or off our call today you said that you would like or you prefer to mint your artwork as a unique copies on ethereum blockchain using foundation app why did you choose that and why not moving or why not being open to other blockchains knowing that for instance wax or flow or others are much cheaper fast growing and they are getting a lot of attention recently especially for instance wax that is attracting super big names yesterday i saw that rebook is joining wax leagues or games like atari or street fighters or things like that that are already on wax and they did amazing or stunning selling uh, spree So why foundation and not Wax, for instance? Hmm. Uh, very interesting. Uh, the first thing I would say is even like if I feel this right now, it doesn't mean I might feel the same thing tomorrow and stuff. I feel like we are in a very fast-paced world in general. I'm someone who is very open to changes and stuff, uh, especially in the NFT world because it's just like so brand new. No matter how how many people think, oh, it's been there for a while. it's still brand new it's not that sure. old and stuff um so that there is definitely an element to it how i see it right now and this is just my personal opinion i'm obviously always open to changing it i'm not saying it's the right opinion and stuff but one of the reasons initially i got into the ethereum blockchain which is also going to change which was the reason i got into it and stuff because they're coming out with the ethereum 2.0 in july i think that's going to make all the transactions cheaper a lot more faster and things like that but one of the reasons i got it is i believe i've, I've seen this a lot in in the instagram world in a lot of like other art forms and stuff and everything that it it very easy becomes like flooded with people who are just trying to take opportunity of of the hype of it and stuff and you have this influx of like really mediocre stuff obviously mediocre is a very relative term i don't want to demean someone's art and stuff and everything but when i say that i just feel like it doesn't matter what your art is it literally could be like a sketch or whatever and stuff to me it should have certain emotion whatever emotion it is it's not about the art it's the emotion behind it but i feel like a lot of times we've seen these platforms come up with like people who are just like opportunists and stuff and i feel like the element of scarcity and an, and an element of having higher gas prices would kind of eliminate that i'm going to risk putting out my work and stuff and everything because like it, i wouldn't do that if like for like 100 or 120 and stuff if my art i don't believe in my art and stuff so that was one of my first reasons i um, went into the ethereum blockchain which is changing like in the last week or so our the the gas fees has been like crazy I'm though jumping. and stuff and yeah and like you have seen like a bunch of art so and the eth 2.0 will kind of change that as well so i don't know how the future is i was looking into wax and stuff and everything and i feel like right now a lot of it has a d- different market and this is this is my very close knowledge so please correct me if i'm wrong because i'm not as informed as you are about wax and stuff but i was looking at it and um, right now because i'm not doing something in the collectibles or like multiple editions sort of direction and yeah. stuff and everything and the last time i checked i think it is catered to something of that sort um and i felt like please go ahead so basically on wax you can mint uh, as much as you want so you define or you predefine in your template how many copies you want your to be so if you want to 
so you can always mint unique versions. So basically in, in Wax, what they do or what they tend to do is that the base artwork without no animation or something, it will go as the common version. And then with animation, it will be rare, ultra rare or unique. It depends on the effort you put on it. You can always mint simple piece in one copy, unique copy and post it in there. It will be yours. Definitely it's there, but in the market, there are a few that are recognizable. So you can you start without being whitelisted. You have to apply for whitelisting. You are whitelisted in order to be from the big ones. You need to be further verified. Once you are verified, I think it means that your artwork is it's quite differentiated from the, the basic ones. Uh, the market on its own uh, filter the ones that are whitelisted and verified from the non-whitelisted. So people that are coming just to bump and dump stolen or cheap artwork are basically eliminated for most of the people so it won't affect you know and uh, the more you sell the higher your ranking will be the, the easier you will be found i cannot honestly say that it blocks you but i think anybody on ethereum as well can sell anything you can mint anything it's open it's a blockchain nobody can restrict you from doing anything but maybe the high gas fees was kind of threshold or the the, the thing that is eliminating most people to go and try to mint something because it will cost them something at the beginning and mm -hmm. they want to avoid that while on wax it's pretty cheap you just pay a little bit of rams that are yeah in cents and you are able to mint as many as you want so it's not a big deal you know so but, i mean like yeah. i always say never say never so it is something it is something i've been researching on and thinking about in the future and stuff this is a conversation i was happening uh, i was uh, talking to you about um you must know lupify in the nft world we were speaking on the internet he's a very well-known person and i was we were talking about like making multiple editions of the same thing and i feel like it, it's a very it's a very tricky way it's, i shouldn't say it's a tricky way it's a different way of going about your business and stuff because you i feel like i feel like in order for you to be able to kind of have your multiple editions of the same thing of high value if there's some sort of like a big brand or big story behind it and stuff and I feel like that's how it becomes valuable. It's a different, it's a different marketing way, and it, it's a more long-term marketing way that you kind of have to look into and stuff. Because you have, you take like comic books, like you know, like you have the same series, like you know, like the older the the series was and stuff. Although the first copy of that comic book would be more valuable and stuff. Yeah. You have guitars and cars like that. They would be like, oh, we released hundred models. The model number two will be a lot more expensive than model number forty and stuff and everything. However, in a flip side, you also have like, let's say, like one of the reasons like the Mona Lisa is the Mona Lisa is because it's only the Mona Lisa. Yeah. And stuff. So it's it's it works both ways. Like it has worked both ways in throughout our life. I just feel like the the marketing and branding of it is like so much different. Uh, but I definitely think it works. It is not something I'm saying never say never. Maybe I will definitely look into. And in the future, the world is changing. There are new opportunities coming out. I'm constantly learning. There are people like you who are teaching us about it and stuff and everything. So uh, yeah, we never know. Okay, thank you. Just a small comment that uh, sometimes it, the change or difference between Mint 1 and Mint 2 is 5 to 10x is the price, you know? For you as the collection owner or as the, the minter or the, the creator, you, I think you would sell them for the same price. But once they are on the market, people will tend to get the lowest mint possible. And that makes the reseller will makes the 10 X. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I've never used Ethereum basically on the NFT market, but I saw that there is some recurring 
fee that comes, for instance, if you sell your artwork as the creator, I think it's, you can apply it as well. So it's available on Wax. Each time one of your artwork is sold, you get a percentage. Is it available on Ethereum, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's actually done more by the platforms rather mm -hmm. than the Ethereum blockchain. Like the smart contract is built into it, but it is something that the platforms are giving. Because yesterday, Binance announced that they are making their NFT platform. And they mentioned that they're only going to give 1% of secondary sales. And people like, everyone's going like crazy about it and stuff because all, almost all the other platforms, they give you 10%. So it is, it is not only a blockchain concept, it is also something that's being controlled by uh, platforms and stuff and everything. But yeah, like ideally, it, that's how it should be and stuff and everything. So, so it's awesome that- yeah, that's So basically on Wax, you set the fee that you want to take. Nobody can tell you what you want. So there is 2% that goes for the tokenomy. There is 2% that goes uh, as a market fee. And then you are free to set your fee from 1% to 15%. So if you wish to get only 1% as recurring from pieces that you sell, you will get, or you can go as high as 15%. So that's up to you as collection yeah. owner. So I'm very happy we had this talk today. We got to know so many things. I really, really appreciate your input. I hope that our listener will enjoy your point of view because for me, it was quite interesting. Uh, so by the end of our talk, do you still have anything that you would like to add that may be important or informative about your work, about NFT, about whatever? That's awesome. Yeah, this was absolutely fun. I think it was so cool to have this conversation, to listen to you as well. Also, I must say, I've been thinking that I want to say this to you. I love your shirt. <laughs> That's your I told you so. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's a very cool shirt and stuff. Um, but yeah, this was absolutely fun. Yeah, I would just, I would just say that we are very much, and this goes back to what I was saying earlier, that we are very much right at the beginning of this whole world and stuff. Don't close your mind to different platforms, different blockchains of how, how the market is going to change. There's this whole, I don't know if you read, but there's this whole talk about an article to how, about how, how a lot of celebrity art has fallen, uh, their prices and stuff and everything. There's like a lot of people work that is going for 50% or what it was going like two weeks ago and stuff and everything. So the market is changing very fast. Like it's, it's very, it's, there are like so many factors that are affecting it. There are so many people that are joining it and stuff. And I feel like we are just in the start. There are only few music, music industry people that are on there, but I believe very soon Hollywood's going to jump in and they'll sell like scenes of movies and stuff like that. And like, there'll be like different sports. So we are just right at the start of it. Don't sleep on it um get creating get collecting like don't miss out on the nfc uh chain like everyone did on the cryptocurrency and stuff or like bitcoin when it started off and stuff so don't miss out on it's a new concept don't be scared change is always a different and stuff but yeah get get onto it thank you very much just of note that wizard they are on wax today they have their nft sale today so i don't know maybe you oh. can still manage to <laughs> to grab oh, a pack maybe. for yourself, <laughs> for <Maybe>. yourself. <laughs> Anyway, thank you so much again, Rahim, for joining us today. And I wish you a very nice day. Thank um, you so much for having me, Peter. You have a beautiful day as well. And a good luck for everything. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to another episode of Crypto Untangled. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform so you never miss an episode. For more information, visit us at CryptonNewsLebanon.com. We'll see you soon. See you soon.